Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Jamie Ellis from Twisted Motors. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Speaking of motors, the guys at Racetech also do motors, and they do a hell of a job. They work with teams like the Nuclear Blast Yamaha, like Chris Blost, uh, the MCR guys for a number of years. Motors and suspension, they can dial you in. Pulp 21 is the code to save with Racetech. Great guys down there, and, uh, man, really treat your bike nice, and it'll treat you nice, all right? Get to it. Do it. And uh, tell them you listen to Pulp to save some money, all right? Uh, just please look after your bike. All right. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,700 podcasts delivered with over 17 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. Fly Racing, man. Go to motorsport.com. Go to your favorite uh, dealer. Tell them you want to see the latest and greatest from Fly Racing. They got the colors you need. They got the styles you need. They got the Formula helmet. They got the Formula CC. They got the Zone Pro goggles. They got the boot. Man, they got everything. They got, they got uh, mountain bike stuff. They have watercraft stuff as well. Flyracing.com, man, for all your needs. Great guys. Bogle, Savachi, Osborne, Brayton, uh, so on and so forth. Go down the list. They also support a lot of privateers, the guys that fly do. So, man, if there's anything that you, you we like in this sport, it's privateers and Fly Racing supports a crap ton of them flyracing.com to learn more and see the latest and greatest styles 2021 and a half kinetic mesh is probably all gone but if you see some at your dealer it is incredibly uh light and vented for the summer which is going on right now depending on when you listen to this so please check that out flyracing.com i want to thank the folks at rental maxis motorsport.com and coba links are all on board this podcast with jamie ellis from twisted twisted motors twisted development um Really appreciate him doing the podcast and appreciate you guys going to check out the folks at Renthal, Renthal.com. You know they got titles. They, they updated the titles. They're unsurpassable. Over 200 with 230 U.S. titles as of this podcast and 223 world titles for 453 major championship titles combined. And this is only since probably, I think, the early 80s. Late 70s, early 80s. So 453 major championships. Thanks to the hard work and dedication and detail, the Renthal Factory has been helping world-class riders achieve their championship goals since the beginning in 1969. A fraction of a second, a few grams, a couple of millimeters. It all counts. Welcome to the winning world of Renthal. Bars, grips, chains, sprockets, many, much more. Mountain bike stuff as well. Uh, please check that out. Renthal.com. Thank you. Thank you to those guys for coming on board. Thank you to Max's Tires as well. SGB, Max's team, A-Ray, Jeremy Smith, um, Rod Bell, Jordan Jarvis, Maxis.com for more information. MXST is developed by Jeremy McGrath. They got mountain bike tires. The Minions are the ones that I like. Some people like those Asagis, I think they're pronounced. Asagi? I don't know. Uh, 
They're really good, too. I've been trying those as well. But out here in Vegas on the hard, sandy stuff, I really like the Maxxis um, Minion Tires. So thanks to Maxxis.com for supporting the podcast and supporting a lot of things in the Pulp MX Network. And uh, think about them when you want to get your tire, uh, your next tire, whether it be for the dirt bike, the mountain bike, the light truck, the SUV, trailer tires, whatever, Maxxis.com. Thanks to the folks at Motorsport, of course, and uh, Cobalinks as well. Let's uh, let's talk to Jamie Ellis, shall we? All right, let's dive into this with uh, maybe the best uh, motor guy right now going on in the in the pro pits. Uh, it is uh, Jamie Ellis. What's up, Jamie? How are you, man? I'm doing super good. Yeah, happy Th- to be on the show. Thank you for doing this. Uh, Twisted Development, TD-Racing.com. Uh, you've been in the industry a long time now, and we're going to get into the roots of your uh, of your industry and everything else, and I know you got some great stories probably about, about Millsaps, but uh, let's uh, let's dive into how's business, how's things going for you? Business is good. I mean, it's 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 a growing animal, and the uh, times are changing, and we're trying to stay you know stay moving with the times, mm-hmm. and it's been uh, it's been a crazy wild ride with this you know global pandemic as everybody talks about, and yeah. um, you know the the fact that motorcycles are thriving and alive and well. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely are. Um, you yourself, um, you've got a little crew there, I imagine, down there at Twisted, working yeah, with you? Yeah, yep, yep. We kind of a, a great, I mean, I, I happen to be the face of the company, but mm-hmm. I could get nothing done without the staff we have behind us. So, so yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're not a major, um, you know, 10, 15 people team. Uh, we're kind of a smaller team. Yep. But, um, but hopefully mighty, and, and yeah, we're, we're cranking stuff out and trying real hard. Yeah, you're doing a great job. How many how many years have you done Twisted for? When did you you were you were working as a motor guy for Rockstar Suzuki, I think, right? When you left or was it Husky yet? Yep, yep. So I built the first Husky uh while we were there and um as far as it goes, so we were Rockstar Suzuki yep. and then that turned into Rockstar KTM. Still there through that. Uh was a crew chief for that team uh whenever Jason Anderson won the championship on the West Coast there. Okay. And then that summer, um, you know, they, they really didn't need a, a free thinker like myself at KTM. They already had it <laughs> yeah. pretty well pretty well taken care of. Right. And uh, and so I kind of got small kids and wanted to start a company and be home more and spend more time with my family. And that's kind of where we're at. So the birth of yeah. just the development was with uh, with your homie Nick Way pretty much in my garage and um oh i didn't know that yeah, oh so that's like, how just, it all goes down just nick uh uh t- t- joining up with you and, and god testing for you probably non-stop <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot of ecu settings yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of we're, ecu we're st- settings we're still working on them I, mean, yeah. I, might, I might get a phone call about a launch map from oh my god 12 or something but I, yeah i can't i uh, oh god we, you and i could do an hour on nick way and, and working for him um so no, that's interesting. So yeah, that's a huge. I mean, look, you're you're uh, you're you're a crew chief. You're making good money. Your your riders are winning, and you break off to start this venture, Twisted Development. That's got to be. I don't know if you were married or a girlfriend. That's got to be a big conversation to have with uh, your significant other, and a little risky. But I mean, obviously, it's worked out great. But man, that, that had been a, a nervous time for you. Yep. Yeah, it definitely was. You know, and. I have a couple business mentors that have been in the industry a long time. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the first things that they always said was, hey, to start a business, you have to have a customer. And, um, and you know, so Nick was a customer. Uh, Brian Deegan was probably the best customer. Yep. And we, st- we still retain today. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, most, most and foremost, you just 
got to start somewhere and, and you know it definitely helps if you have some work lined up so that's it's the craziest thing to start a business like yeah, that like yeah. you know there's a couple books out there that's like when the technician dies and becomes business owner and at, <laughs> at some stage you have to do that yeah you know you have now all of a sudden you know you were you were pretty decent at putting engines together and working on development stuff and then now you're an accountant you're an emotional sp- support specialist you're, yeah. <laughs> you're so many hats you wear when you start a business and it's definitely been a fun ride and we're not we're not done yet you know we're yeah. we got some growing and keep charging so uh, yeah i i bet um the reason there, there's no coincidence we're doing this podcast the week after lakewood because uh, I watched Garrett Marchbanks the last couple of weeks, and the kid's, I don't know, 190 pounds, whatever he is. I mean, he's on a great bike on a Yamaha. <laughs> and I said yeah. to somebody, who does the club motors? It might have been uh, Phil, and Phil's, like, uh, twisted. And I'm like, fuck, like, look at that thing. Like, Marchbanks is on it. We're at elevation. So nice work with the Club MX team and, and Garrett Marchbanks to try to get some horsepower out of that thing because, man – there, you know, he's a heavy dude, and, and you're making it work. So that's what made me want to reach out to you. We don't know each other really that well, but I'm like, I want to talk to Jamie Ellis about this motor work. So uh, nice work with the Club MX team. Thanks, thanks. And, you know, going back to starting the business mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of the whole business owner, technician dies thing. Well, it, it kind of is just starting to come together after all of these years of us having Twisted Development. We've had success in amateur levels. We've mm-hmm. had success – um, and off-road truck racing, we, you know, we've, we, we kind of do all kinds of stuff, but it's not until really do you get a customer and that's the key word, a customer who can actually get results. So whenever, you know, we had a cow path to the podium in 2013 between mm-hmm. Millsaps and Wharton and Anderson. Yep. And it was just like, you know, you've been at the races for a long time. You see those guys, you all walk there, you know, you congratulate each other, shake everybody's hand. And, and then, you know, all of a sudden that's ripped away and gone as you start a business and start there. So, so going at the factory guys, going at all that and, you know, a little mighty team like club MX has been pretty awesome because they're probably the first team that we've worked with. That's like went after a very talented athlete Mm -hmm. and there are other talented athletes on that team as well, but, and and other teams that we work for, but at this stage with March banks doing so well, you know, we've been building these same engines for years, (laughs) right? Um, but nobody shines so bright. So yeah. that's been pretty cool to have somebody, you know, mm-hmm. get a podium and, and can run up front. And I think he's fifth in the championship now. So, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's probably a lot of other engine builders that build engines good, you know, but it just depends on how yep. good of a customer you get. And, you know, we're not going at, at hiring these guys and grooming them from little groms. Um, so it's, it's just, I'm, I'm just very thankful. It's finally working out that, you know, we got married up with someone who is as dedicated to you know, racing and, and hiring talent as we are is building engines. So it's been pretty awesome. That's that's great. Uh, the million dollar question to this podcast, we'll get into it right away, is how do you, Jamie, determine what you want to do for free? Uh, we all got to keep the lights on, and we want to, and we like, we all like money, um, including Pulp MX. So how do you decide? Okay, uh, I'm helping a, a club MX uh, for free, or I'm giving it to him for my cost, and the labor is free, but I also need to, you know, turn around and, and make money. Uh, with these amateurs and these pro teams, like what kind of conversation is had with you and, and the guys that work for you about, you know, doing work for free or, or labor for free or whatever. That is just the ultimate balancing act because there's only so many hours in a day. So how do you determine that? What do you do? Well, it's, 
it's actually really easy. Okay. You know, we're we're not financially set enough to where we can just like I said, I mean, if we were gonna start a race team and do it all ourselves, uh it that we'd be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so the best thing that you can do and and I, I'll say this time and time again is just try super hard and you know, put like we don't make as much money as as I'd like to. Obviously, everybody wants to be in a different comfort zone and right. have more stuff. Um, but with that being said, you know, you just can't approach those programs who come at you and just say, "Hey, you know, I want this for free," and you know, because the sales are never going to come back around. Um, if 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 I were to do anything for free, it would probably be targeted to uh, Chris Kiefer or somebody like that because mm-hmm. those guys have real loud voices. They speak to the vet community. And, you know, that's, that's how we make a living in that. And, and ultimately how you survive, right. uh, the guys who are doing free work are the guys, you know, who are trying to grow and trying to, but if you don't have enough backside revenue to cover yeah. what you're doing for free, right. you know, it's really, it's really difficult to, to stay afloat. And I had, luckily, like I said, I had a couple of buddies who had a business and they, they were, everybody got a discount mm-hmm. and, and that and and so I, I saw that firsthand and have always tried to say, hey, I'm going to try to outwork everyone. I'm going to I'm going to spend more money in development and waste more money in, you know, development. Mm-hmm. But that's the way it goes. So it's like I, I just try to make sure that our products are better. And if not, whatever I sell that day it could be copied or whatever. I'm going to work on the next thing in line. And with that mentality, it's it's helped us to you know, to yeah. not be so secret squirrel and not be so guided and give good products to the customer. So I, I felt like there was a market where we could develop stuff and head down that road. So, so the answer is math is, is there's not really many people that get anything for free right? Okay. Uh, from, from, from the basics that we just can't really afford to do it. Yep. Um, I'm, I, I, I'm surprised. Everybody yeah. should be sponsored. You know? I'm surprised that a team like club wouldn't get like, you know, the old Mitch Payton stuff. Like I'll do your labor. For free, I'll port your cylinder for free, but you're paying for all the parts and you're paying for shipping and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I figured that would be a Club MX arrangement, but yeah, I mean, look, good for you, and the stuff is working. So you know, club. So so, so yeah. in in the in the situation of Club MX, uh, I mean, they do get a lot for free. Yep. Um, if I mean, if it costs me money and costs them money, but my time, so like all the mapping, all the development work, yep. like I'll fly myself out to the first East Coast round. I go to club before the first East Coast round. I want to make sure the bikes are good, you know. Mm-hmm. So I do have an investment in okay. not only that team but all the teams I work with. So yep. so maybe let me structure that some. Um, I, I I definitely do put in effort to grow the programs and want to be there, you know, when right. they win or lose or break or whatever <laughs> it is. So right. so yeah, it's, at some stage, the hardest part for an engine builder is just you know your money. Nobody's going to give you like show up money, you know, you're not going to Bercy Supercross. You're, yeah, yeah. you're flying yourself, you're getting yourself a rental car, you're getting yourself a hotel. And so the spin just keeps happening and happening, mm-hmm. happening. So whenever we have enough teams, you know, that, that we can amortize like over all of them and help everyone. And if you got money from one of them, you know, I think we did four Supercross teams this year mm-hmm. and you know, you, you can't show favoritism, so you have to make sure you spread your time even. But, hey, somebody has better snacks, you know? Like, chances are you're going to migrate towards <laughs> yeah. towards to see what's going on over there. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so watch watch the snacks if you're listening. Yeah. And um, Step it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah let's, let's, let's get them on board. So, and does it – you must turn teams down. And, I, again, there's only so many hours in a day. Uh, teams that, that 
I mean, do you, you must have a decision at some point to turn down privateers or teams and be like, man, I can't do your stuff. I just can't. Or do you? Or do you try to do work with everybody? I mean, there must be some real tough times. So, so I guess confirming the teams aren't on a full retail paid deal. Yeah, I mean, we're covering right. our cost. We're we're trying to help. And um, let's say so. I, I got approached by an unnamed team yep. who did their own motors in in one classification but wanted me to build the more difficult ones Mm -hmm. and it just seemed as if the water was a bit muddy to where you know i'm I'm gonna have to be invested you know when there's a bog they're calling when there's (laughs) you know they're calling so so not only that but the emotional support so with that being said i i i just didn't feel that not every program is a fit for us and if you know you aren't interested in doing things the way that we want to do them mm-hmm. Me- meaning like some some of the bikes cost more money to build unfortunately yeah. yep. like, um you know yamaha which has the best platform is also one of our most expensive bikes to build because there's so much stuff you can do to make them faster um so 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 regardless of that it kind of comes together being me like hey we'll give you an estimate and okay. if you know if you're not close to the estimate then we'll kind of have to go a different direction and yeah. and ultimately like if we do want to get something out of it we're not we're not laboring away just to to do stuff you know so there so there is we do need to make a living and yeah and all of those things need to line up so if if you're a good fit obviously you know you you can see all the programs we're working with are so yeah yeah who else what other teams are you working with uh, or top riders that maybe uh, people don't know about so as you know like we've always tried to do this platform for success deal um what what that is is just like you know we've taken josh grant um as he's fallen through the cracks got him a factory ride uh you know we built him a suzuki he went out he showcased his skills mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's on factory cowie again yep um we did you know brock tickle and uh justin barsha was another one who you know fell through the cracks for a little bit and we built him a cool bike he went out monster cup and and got onto another program so so it's 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 an interesting approach because these guys that are so good we're lucky enough that they land and and give us a chance and a call and and we can build yeah. them a program to help get them back to where they need to be because they don't need to be paying me for engines. They need to be, you know, flying in with their Chihuahua and their mm-hmm. chick in a rental car and, right. and doing the whole thing. So, um, so with that being said, and a team surrounding them, so so that's been a pretty cool process of, yeah. of you know helping helping guys through. But so we have the Bar X Suzuki team. Um, that team shows a lot of promise. Larry Brooks is running it. Yep. Um, Larry's a great guy. He's very wolf pack mentality. Oh, if you're is he inside ever. his, if you're inside his wolf pack, yep. it's a great, great place to be. <laughs> and if you're and not, if you're, he wants to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. He yep. could care less about you. Right. Um, so yeah, so we do, the, we do the bar X Suzuki team. We did the muck off Honda stuff with JB and Uribe over in Australia. And then, um, we had the gas gas AJE team this year as well okay yeah so that's the four supercross teams amongst other you know you have privateers like max miller Uh and joshua varese have been doing really good too on the orange brigade program so um oh by the way too yeah schwartz uh top 10 overall on an rmz 250 nice work at lakewood again talking about lakewood uh looks like your ignition fuel motor package is really good at elevation (laughs) so yeah um so speaking of the yamaha and you mentioned the platform i I mean this is you know people ask me why are the star bikes so good and and we know um you know how how good those things rip i mean they're great riders also it's just the backwards motor is just sucking air the 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 injector on top of the motor um it's a it's a better design isn't it jamie 
Yeah, yeah, yep. and a lot of it is, you know, the kind of the idea of straight in, straight out. Yeah. Uh, the air filter goes straight in, the exhaust goes straight out. Yeah, it has a turn or a bend after, but primarily uh, most of the bikes are adapting to that process, meaning some of them have a shock in the way, so mm -hmm. the intake's a little bit off. You know, you'll have one runner that's a little bit longer or shorter than the other, and then... But yeah, the Yamaha platform itself, just, you know, the valves are, you, you, when you look into the intake, you can see, you know, the whole exhaust, the whole intake valve. Yeah, just wide open and, there, right? Just <laughs> Yeah, and, and as, as another one, you know, other engine may have to have a turn or a, a short radius or a long radius or everything yeah. else it has to do to dump that valve into there. So, so yeah, the Yamaha is just plentiful with that. And then, um, like I said, even on the straight exhaust, like the you're going to see, obviously, the new CRF250, we're assuming, will be a straight exhaust yeah. as it just kind of seemed like the twice pipes thing is dead, right. hopefully. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I mean, with that being said, it's just, you know, that, that platform does, do, does give the most. Yeah, do you see other OEMs doing it? I'm always uh, telling people – I mean, it took the, it took the Japanese – 20 years to put a hydraulic clutch on and copy KTM. Like I, I, these Japanese companies are so prideful. They're, they're a little arrogant about their own designs. Uh, do you see, do you see a, a Japanese or, or maybe a progressive company like KTM putting their motor backwards for the 250F? Do you see that happening? Uh, I don't know that I see that happening. I, I think I see some, some redesign work to where that they can start raising the intake Venturi. Right. And then, you know, changing the port angle, to go down onto the valves as if, you know, the Yamaha does. Right. So, I mean, we've seen some stuff like with the Honda, the 21, uh, moving the battery underneath and a couple little quirky things they did. Um, and then, you know, K KTM has always had the straight exhaust right out the front. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, and a lot of those, those, even the RMZ, you know, you saw it at Lakewood, it has a straight exhaust. It did pretty good. Yeah. So, so a lot of the bikes are morphing towards that direction just because, you know, they're all in an OEM war. Yeah of staying competitive and, and we need them to you know that that's awesome like two vdfs have come so far since they first came out to where they are today yeah so, it seems like the, the i don't know which brand it was but someone had told me that maybe it was honda before the the new redesign they had slowly moved their intake up and up every year to try to get the, some velocity with the fuel, right, to go into it. Yep. Um, I don't know if it was Honda or what. Some OEM was like, we moved it another two degrees. We moved it two degrees more, you know. So they're seeing what's going on with it, right, and the smaller bikes. So Yep, yep. They're, they're all inching up towards yep. that, that direction for sure. And a lot of the influence comes from, you know, I think Moto3 or MotoGP, that okay. type of – technology you know so so ktm as as if you know has had um a lot of success as of recently they've hired up yep. and they've, they've got going on that department and then you know it's kind of like the old cooler talk like that guy who's designing these engines that are still small leader and doing so well i mean he's he's talking to somebody over there in austria i think it's a free beer at lunch or something. <laughs> um you know they're, they're, yep. they're all the, the information does trinkle over so so ktm is definitely a forward-thinking company and and as Yamaha is, I mean, I don't think that anybody would have done that design to an engine without having some sort of, yeah. you know, and, yeah. And then, you crazy. know, I was talking to one of the, the factory Yamaha guys last year, and they're cursed on the 450 a little bit, where when they add power, the chassis gets weird. We know the frames are the same for the 250, 450. Theoretically, the motor designs, you know, should be amazing on the 450, but those guys struggle with... They add compression, they add horsepower, and things start getting weird with the 450. And that's, you know, Bam Bam had a 
very stock motor last year. Uh, it's just weird that way where the 250F design, the motor design helps that bike so much and it hurts the 450. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot more mass rotating. There's a lot yeah. of stuff going on. I mean, with dating back to the Millsaps days, we, you know, Davey wanted um, a heavier crank mm-hmm. and we weren't factory Suzuki. So, you know, we used Crankworks, we built a heavier crank. Um, and, and what stemmed off of that is the flywheel. You know, we we did have some leftover factory flywheels from the 250F program that were heavier, and he really liked that. So I thought, okay, well, we can't get the flywheels. We're not cool enough. Mm-hmm. Let's um, let's put the same amount of weight in grams into the crankshaft. And it never worked out the same. I mean, we ended up racing with a <laughs> yeah. production weight crankshaft yeah. with the heavier flywheel. And um, and thankfully, you know, nothing happened to it because we had to run it all year. Right. But, um, but yeah, so so you're right. Sometimes it just works like that. Like the rotating mass, whether it's offset or center or right. in the bearings or hanging off the side or whatever it would be. You know, you can see it in the cornering. You can see it in the, in the drive out of the corner and all of it. So it, it definitely does all make a difference. When you talk to the factory guys or you're, you're, you know, you're, you're eyeballing things or whatever, it seems like more and more to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, more and more of the factory guys are getting parts, you know, aftermarket parts over here. The days of uh, Honda sending, uh, um, you know, the works, works uh, crankshaft and, and, and a cylinder done in Japan and, and, and maybe even a, a cam or whatever, I think those days are kind of over. Do you agree? Do you think most of these guys – Outside of a transmission, which still seems to be the unobtainable thing that comes from Japan, the factory guys are doing more and more R&D themselves and using outside vendors. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're we're 3D printing with carbon fiber infused material Honda intake velocity stacks. And as your, you know, your mind imagines, that thing can print it, you know, so with with that type of technology that's become full circle mm-hmm. you know it's not like you know we're the only people that have it um so yeah i mean everybody's doing a lot more here you know so i think you hit the nail on the head like if if you were to take apart a factory engine you know obviously the japanese titanium is really nice mm-hmm. um but but what is on a whole nother level now is like the the rocker arm ratios obviously they have to be built dlc all that stuff mm-hmm. stuff that we can't access and then the coolest thing that i think you'd probably see in a factory engine is how lightweight the shift drum is you right. know most of the japanese engines if they've tried to lighten up the shift drum for supercross they'll normally break so the ones the factory ones that are all hardened and drilled out and don't break mm-hmm. you know so so it's more of a i'd say a weight savings deal with with some of the factory parts today more so than just raw performance because i think even a lot of the factory teams are resourcing stuff locally yeah as we are you know because it's probably the same vendors that we're all using can you do your own cam profiles do you have a company that'll do that for you if you if you want yeah yeah, yeah. so we yep. work with webcams here okay. they're in riverside and there's a a uh, uh, office full of ladies there that are horsepower specialists um <laughs> And, and so it's really cool for me because I can drive down there. I have a great relationship with all of them. We can look at the stock profiles. They have a cam doctor is what's called. Okay. And basically look at achieving whatever you're looking to do, whether you're looking for more bottom or top or mid or, or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you know, but 
over the years you start to learn looking at the duration of the lift and the ramp and all of that of the camshaft and then you can kind of pick a direction so yep. so we just we just did this again for the bar Suzuki team where we you know built four intake cams that were super promising uh, we degree them here in the mm-hmm. shop. We check all the valve to piston clearances. We put them on the dyno, and then we have a digital camshaft degree fixture mm-hmm. that we can actually, you know, dyno them, pull the cam out, uh, change the change it two degrees, put it back in, change it two degrees until the cam fades away. Yep. It doesn't work better anymore. Um, and so, so we just did that on the RMZ250. So RMZ250 development is alive and well. Yeah, yeah, um, nice. Did you did you ever get one of your hands on a JGR? package and see what they were doing with with troll train stuff uh i'm not 100 percent sure what jgr was doing okay um, yeah i don't know either yeah <laughs> um but, but so okay so no, there is a I twist think they had some talented guys down there so i'd assume it was pretty good yeah yeah trolls bike looked pretty good so you have a twisted cam then for an rmz 250 intake cam that's that's awesome yeah so you can do that kind of stuff it's great well, and yep. and three other exhaust cams yep. and right you know right, I mean? right 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 uh but, but that just circles back to the you know, how we try to stay ahead is making sure we're developing and moving. And, and to, to start this business, I really only wanted to work on engines and develop stuff mm-hmm. and, and whatever. So whenever people ask, I'm like, man, if I could just do this, I'd be stoked. But I have to have customers to spend money on the stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So my, my, my passion is clearly developing and making better and, and keeping going. And on the side project of that, I got a business. How much are you worried about people? I, I mean – this you can't really be worried about it, I guess. Buying a twisted motor and taking it apart and seeing what you've done, and then do do it, you know, getting other vendors to do it or whatever. I mean, I'm sure that stuff goes on, right? I mean, there's tons of stories about that sort of stuff with Mitch's stuff over the years. Uh, what can you do though? Nothing, right? No, I mean, if 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 I don't want to make any money or I never want to sell any parts or product or yeah. or whatever, I'd I'd have to be extremely worried about it if that was the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like like I said, I mean, we what what you got of ours to take apart today is as good as we have. Um, mm-hmm. We've separated ourselves from the rest of the industry, where we don't really sell as like our consumer products alone. I would say kind of struggle um, because we do everything what I would want to have done race team wise. Right. So if if you have a KTM two fifty. I'd probably have to work on selling you a piston and a cam that could just be dropped into a stock engine without porting and modifying and all that stuff. So um, with that being said, we we go down the road to try to provide like the absolute best to whoever's buying it at that time and also just keep protecting the fact that we're working on something better already. There's right. a couple more ver- versions of piston coming. There's, you know, there's mm-hmm. it just kind of never stops. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so... If somebody comes to you with uh, uh, this much money, uh, uh, you know, $2,000 and $4,000 and $6,000, you can build packages for that based around the, the person's uh, uh, wallet, I guess? Yep. Yeah. yeah. We call it the 1000 2000 4000 Yeah, there we go. Um, okay. <laughs> well, and it's it's just, you know, the most of our customers aren't going to have an unlimited budget, you know, and it's up to us to have customer retention which we try really hard for is that we give them the most performance we can within their dollar so we're not going to provide um you know aluminum engine plugs and coated covers unless they're you know unless mm-hmm. they say hey i really yeah, want right this you know i'm never going to recommend something like that i'm only going to recommend whatever gives us the best opportunity to to hopefully 
you know, have them spend money back at the shop if they're willing to spend money. Right. Uh, Jamie Ellis on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, uh, presented by Maxis, Renthal, Motorsport Guys, and, of course, the folks at Cobolinks. Um, so transmissions is the the holy grail for you? you? Do you have a guy that can build you a taller second gear if you need it? Uh, what's, what do you, what's, your, what's your opinion on that kind of stuff, and are you able to do it? So I do have a resource for building transmissions, and I've never gotten pushed into a corner far far enough to do it. Okay. Um, even some of the factory teams, as you mentioned, are building their own transmissions, and you know it's it's a costly process. Yeah, yeah. And if it doesn't work out, it ultimately really sucks for everyone involved. <laughs> right. So so yeah, I mean the. Uh, years years ago, when the fifteen and a half KTM two fifty F come out, we actually contacted some transmission companies um, that you know we met through off road truck racing and and got a drawing done, and then you know we were able to buy some tr- transmissions from KTM. So we ended up not having to pr- proceed to go forward with that. Mm-hmm. And um, and at times, you know, th- there's definitely some. Well, we should just make them, and then I just feel that you know there's for yeah. the, for the majority of people, what's the difference? Is if you're not racing Supercross, you know, uh, a stock YZ250F is great. If you're not racing Supercross, the transmission on any bike is great. Right. Um, so it's really to a select amount of people and depending on, you know, what, what you're going to get from the money spent, you know, I, I don't know. It just doesn't always pan out to be a viable business option. Right. Which bike... Uh, do you, which bike or bikes do you feel like you've done a really good job on that you've made a big gain on? Uh, uh, is there a couple that stand out for you where you're like super stoked on on what you've been able to uncover? Four fifties or two fifties? Uh, either one. Um, the I mean, obviously the Yamaha two fifty with Garrett's big self on it has been pretty cool. Um, our our RMZ two fifty, you know, after the latest couple head generation testing mm-hmm. camshaft. Um, you know, I, I think if, if there's anybody in the paddock that would swing a leg over that one, I wouldn't have to be like, oh, man, are they going to like it? Right. Um, get key for get key for that package. Let him let him try arm army, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He needs a new knee first. Yeah. He's, already got, uh, he's so. an idiot. I don't want to talk about the knee. I'll start yelling and screaming about what a moron <laughs> he is. But anyways. Um, yeah. So maybe, maybe we'll get a little key for on one. Well, there we go. See, yeah. see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the the so, fastest keeper in the house right now, right? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So yeah, no, the the RMZ two fifty. Mm-hmm. I mean, we love them all. Like we don't get much opportunity to work on the KX two fifty. I wish we had a bit more customer on it. Is that but Mitch owns? Because yeah, they're taking it to Mitch. Is that why? Yeah, yeah, and you know, we we choose to not really build the the KX one twelve super minis and that. It's just like I feel like if there's any customer who is going fast enough, he's already got them. Yeah. Um, and the Kawasaki, I, I, I wouldn't be able to quote their sales, but we don't even get a lot of phone calls. So we sell a lot of ECUs for the Kawasaki. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody seems to really like that. But, you know, we don't really get an opportunity to build too many fast KX250Fs. Right. So so with that being said, that would be a cooler bike to build. Yeah. Um, pl- platform seems okay. Seems to have some challenges, but um is that second yeah. injector that they come stock with i know that was a whole thing years ago when they, we first some saw some 250fs come efi is that a legit mod uh the second injector that they have production and, and do you do that to other bikes yeah yeah so our yz250f runs a second injector okay um that one's completely built cnc billet 
um, designed. We have to do the hoses, the right. wiring, the, all the stuff to, yeah, really. to obviously access it and turn it on and everything. Um, but currently, the RMZ250 and the KX250F are the only two models that come production with second injectors. Um, and they work. We like a, you, you've seen the gains. Like they're legit mod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We because what what we'll always do is we'll turn the second one off mm-hmm. to really check the mapping on the front injector because you have not only do you have the the ignition timing as well as the fuel amount of fuel that it sprayed, but you have a, a phasing between front and rear injector, mm-hmm. and you have uh, the fuel timing of when the injector sprays. You know, so it may be hitting the valve or it may be getting past the valve. So if you've seen yourself, I know your mechanical background, if you've seen yourself the the flywheel on a current EFI bike, there's a ton of more pickups than than back in the old school stuff of okay. carburetors. And that is constantly scheduling the fuel. It always wants to know where the crankshaft angle is. Yep. And so, you know, phasing the back and front injector and as well as when it's spraying you know, it just doesn't spray an open pool. So, okay. Um, so yeah, yeah that, so we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see that. And it's, it's usually worth torque and it, you know, a horse maybe here, you know, horse and a half if, if it's, if it's tuned terrible from the factory. Um, but yeah, so, so right. they, they're not really gimmicky. They work. I don't believe there's such a 450 thing. We can get them to make as much power for the 450, but we try to just not sell anything that's not going to produce more power. Yep. Um, a, I don't want to deal with the phone calls. Of, you sold me this, and it didn't make more power, and whatever. So, so all of our products that we gear towards, anybody can bolt them up and run them, and and they're going to feel and see some difference. Um, otherwise, it's just not. You know, I don't have I don't have time to deal with those type of phone calls. Right, right. I can imagine wiring it and making it and installing it when it's not there production wise. God, that's got to be yeah. The initial uh, R and D on that setup. Is, is, is a lot, but I'm glad you got it working. Yeah. Well, one, one of the cool things is we have a, I built and designed a test kit, if you would, where it can go through any air filter and, you know, be pointed in any direction. Okay. And you can spray, spray it at whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so that's kind of how we prototype. Like we've tried a couple times, you know, we, we bought other competitor stuff. We built our own stuff and the KTM 250F. I think that the KTM throttle body is just really efficient at the way it sprays the butterfly and already Mm -hmm. missed. And, um, so the second ejector doesn't seem to be so beneficial for that model, but, um, but not from a lack of trying have we, you know, have (laughs) have a ton of gaggle of stuff sitting around. Right. Um, but, but yeah, so that's just, you know, it doesn't work in every application, so it's not perfect for everything. Right. Uh, but if we're selling it or, you know, it, it, it works. When you sell somebody, you know, you're, you're, you're an amateur, top amateur, and you sell them your total package, what do you tell the dad for maintenance? Do you, I mean, do you, hey, you got to run this fuel. Here's your mapping. You know, this thing's got, you know, I, I don't know, whatever, 20 hours in it, and then we need to look at it or you've got to do it or some – like, how do you handle that part of it? Because then – the dad's not going to touch it, and then it blows up and, and screw twisted. I hate twisted. You know what I mean? That's a fine line for you to make sure, like, hey, kid, or hey, dad, this thing, we, you got to tear this thing apart and change it, maintain it. Well, every situation's a bit different. Yeah. If, if the, the, you know, a lot of the customers uh, will eventually come west at some point. Okay. And if they are, you know, we don't mind training the mechanic. Um, it's, you, you have to be realistic, too. Uh, if you're if you're trying to sell to a select group of customers, it's gonna only have you do the top ends and only like this laundry list is so big. You know, like I said, you're not gonna be able to sell anything. So yep. the the products are designed in which 
that someone else can maintenance, someone else can take care of. Yeah, we love to do it. And I would say that it probably goes great every time that we do it ourselves. Um, but, but that, that is all I'd say have to be, you know, depending on customer basis. So, you know, we, we try to design everything like race team wise, you know, we always wanted to go 20 hours on top ends, Mm -hmm. uh, 20 hours on a piston, 60 hours on a rod. And, um, and I still try to, to go for those things, but at some point, you know, you got to mediate risk and you don't know how, how revvy the kid is. Yeah and all of these things so so we start to chop back our service intervals just because you know we want to have safe happy customers so so yeah it it just depends on every bike kind of runs a little bit different um like to touch back on the club mx deal there's a you know a mechanic there well there's a lot of mechanics there but there's one guy there who does the engines so we build them here in california we dyno them we have a chassis from them we run them we develop them we get them all gone and then we send them on their maiden voyage and then there's a good chance they're not going to come back because they have qualified staff that can take care of it they can do bottom ends they can do and so if i was closed-minded and didn't want to open up to that type of relationship you know we wouldn't be where we are with them today so the mapping is huge with these bikes as you know uh getting into the ecu and programming them and, and everything else that has to take up a lot of your time that's where we're at in 2021 like that's the uh, the real secret sauce isn't it is knowing what 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 you could do to, for mapping of those bikes of the bikes nowadays and and where you're riding and and what you need and overlaying the track and everything else right yeah yeah so with the mapping obviously being first and foremost and, and what we do, um, you know, at, at some point you'd probably look at the business and go, man, should I just be doing mapping and, and providing that? And, but the, what, what happens is, is if you don't do the engines to have the maps for, and you don't do the full circle, then you just can't get in and part of it. Uh, and with that also being said to, you know, locationally, we're in Southern California where we can get a media bike, whether that's a Honda, a Suzuki or whatever, Kawasaki, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can develop our maps on a stock production motorcycle. And that's what the majority of the masses are going to have. And then, you know, also, too, we're modifying engines and doing that stuff. So we're going to have maps for that. So I would say our biggest advantage is just our opportunity of doing everything in one spot. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's, you know, we have a lot more maps to offer because mapping isn't just about making something run fast. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more feelings now and, you know, we're getting more into the suspension side of feelings <laughs> with mapping. <laughs> so whenever I, whenever I chose my path, I either wanted to do engines or suspensions. Yeah. And I thought, hey, too many people have idea what a suspension should work like. Right. And everybody's theory is different. And engines are just fast. If they're fast, you know they're fast and... Yeah, it's it's just a better path. Yeah, so is that something that you're pretty proud of? Is your ability to get in there and and map something and know it works and everything else? I mean, I've heard that from other people that you're really good at it. Maybe maybe uh, Kiefer said it or, or Nick or somebody else. They're like Jamie's really good at mapping. Uh, um, is that is that something that you're you feel like you're really good at? Well, it's something I never stopped trying. At. Right. Maybe um, that's it. That's more the the, the real key to it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The minute that you think that you're ahead of anyone else or what you're doing is the best, you know, you just can't ever stop. So mm-hmm. um, I would say that that's probably our biggest attribute is, you know, there's no ego and we just work hard and, and keep continually to plug away. And, you know, and and, and it I don't know how it's going to go every year. 
you know, this year we had four race teams. Is that too heavy? Is it too light? Or do we staff up for it? Or what, what's the perfect amount? Mm -hmm. um, ultimately, you know, I can't say that that hit the register on sales, but if you don't have the street cred of a team doing well, um, it's, it, you know, it makes the selling process a little bit harder if mm -hmm. you are, you know, looking to generate some sales. So, so yeah, it's still undetermined, still trying to figure it out. Um, I definitely can tell you that it's like, like I said, I mean, you just keep going back on trying hard Yeah. when it shifts, shift with it, move, right. adapt, keep, keep going. Uh, Jamie Ellis on the uh, fly racing racer X podcast presented by the folks at Renthal Maxis, Cobalinks, links and motorsport. Uh, here's a couple of messages for you to listen to. And we'll be uh, right back after this. Thanks for listening to the uh, Fly Racing Race Rex podcast with Jamie Ellis. Really appreciate it. For over 25 years, Cobalinks has been working on making lowering motorcycle links uh, to help you ride better with more confidence. Uh, based in Boise, Idaho, uh, they have a lowering suspension link for everything from Aprilia to Yamaha, used by trail riders, motocross racers, and adventure tours. Like the first link, each one is still CNC'd in Idaho for riders of all ages, heights, and abilities. Increase your plushness, improve your cornering, gain confidence by having a lower center of gravity. So, yeah. You know, if you're a shorter person or you're a female or whatever, these links will help you uh, ride better. Well, whatever bike it is, they'll dial you in. Cobalinks.com. Get 15% off any link and free U.S. shipping by using the code PulpMX. Cobalinks.com. K-O-U-B-A. Links.com. You can get one of those links at motorsport.com. Go through the banner on PulpMX or PulpMXShow.com. Make your purchase. we got a whole section on there with our partners uh, on there, including they just added, like, Guts Racing. They have Cobalinks. Uh, OEM parts as well, aftermarket parts, free shipping on anything over 79 bucks. Uh, Filthy Phil Nicoletti, sponsor for the outdoors, Ryan Villapoto, myself. Motorsport.com, if you're using another e-tailer, give the guys at Motorsport a shot and let me know how it goes. Send me an email using the contact form on PulpMX. If you have any issues, any questions about Motorsport, I'll make sure it gets handled. Uh, I'm teaming up with these guys uh, for a couple of years now, and they've been great. So I want to make sure they're great for you. Thanks for listening. Back to Jamie Ellis. And we're back on the Fly Racing Race Rex Podcast with Jamie Ellis. How's two-stroke business? He mentioned the, the KX-112, but YZ250s, uh, KTM stuff. How's it, how's it going for you for that? I mean, I know there's a resurgence. I know I talked to the folks at Racetech, and, you know, they, the vintage stuff is blowing up for them. What about you? Uh, do you dive much into it? Do you, do you do have much business of that? Yeah. Yeah, we do a ton of two-strokes. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned before, like we've – We've had Hayden Deegan since fifties, so we we worked on KTM fifties for him, and and that obviously led a lot of development there. And then moving on with him all the way through. So so our ultimate goal was to just keep him winning races and keep him going until we hand him off. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and with that being said, you know it just goes back to if you have a talented rider on good equipment, you shine brighter. Um, and so that's kind of been a lucky thing. So so yeah, I mean two stroke wise. We build anything that we can, you know, replicate and, you know, make money on. But the, like going back to the KX-112, there's just not a big customer base there. So right. so we, we do primarily do KTMs, mm -hmm. uh, 65s, 85s, all the, you know, gas, gas and whatever. But, um, but yeah, with that being said, and that's not because we're snobby about it. It's just because that's our biggest customer base sure. and people want that the most from us. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, no, we – I have – unfortunately up to three i think yz 252 strokes i love them right i like can't, i can't get enough <laughs> and so we built uh, a couple big bore yz 250s one for trevor stewart and one for josh grant to race two-stroke world nationals and josh ended up getting hurt um but after 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 we finished that bike on the dyno i 
instantly ordered myself one. Oh, really? <laughs> I, it's, it's the only new bike that I can ever remember buying. Right, right. But I just thought, you know what? I don't know how these, how long these things are going to go by. Yeah, yeah. And I was so excited with how that came out, and I just had to have one. So, well, so JG got hurt, and Wageman jumped on it and won, right? Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And, you know, I think Wageman won it the year before or two years before or something. I think Alessi won it last year, right? Yeah, I think so. But, yeah. um, but yeah, no, it was just a really cool story. Um, he obviously got right on the bike, did one lap behind, you know, some other class <laughs> yeah. or whatever, because they were like, nobody wanted to let him practice. But they're like, look, you can ride one lap behind yeah, yeah. this other class. Massive hole shot, leads all the way to the finish line. That's like Cinderella awesome. story. Right, right. <laughs> like, oh, that's awesome. Just really, really crazy. But, yeah, no, so it, the, the whole thing is twisted development, you know, and it's developing anything that you have a customer for or anything that we're excited about that we want to work on. And, you know, sometimes my guys give me a bit of a hard time, but just because I'm excited about it and I want to work on it, they're like, dude, what are you doing bringing right. that in the shop for? And I'm yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's going to be cool. You know, I'm excited <laughs> about it. And so, so it's just part of loving and tweaking and yeah. just getting stuff modified. And yeah, it's just fun. That's awesome. Uh, TD-racing.com. Uh, let's, um, let's dive into your background a little bit. Where, uh, where do you grow up and how do you get started as a mechanic? Okay, so I grew up in Lake Charles, Louisiana. It's about 20 minutes from Texas on I-10. Okay. And, um, yeah, I go I go through college there. I went to school for, for aviation. Did you know um, Ali Seymour at all? I do absolutely know Ali okay. Seymour. Okay, all right. Yes. yes. Yeah. Louisiana legend. That's right. And, you know, I'd be bellied up at the local motocross track because we were tight with the owner there. And mm-hmm. it was like a parade came to town whenever Kevin Windham rode at the track. <laughs> yeah. K-Dub you know, and Allen coming out. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and I remember as a young kid, Kevin's ruts would be so long because they they track they, the track prep would be insane. Right. Because Kevin was coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the ruts would be so long that I remember, like, having to clutch a couple times in them because right. he was just going so much faster through these scenarios than yeah. I I ever could um but yeah so so that's kind of where i grew up went to aviation school and then one of my sponsors who was doing my motors and suspension started a race team and was like hey man you, you just graduated you gotta come on the road with me come on the road with me okay and so i went on the road what and was that I was jeff dement's mechanic oh okay uh, maestro suzuki oh snap with maestro suzuki yeah yeah yep. that's a credit card yep. or something right it's a mexican credit card <laughs> yeah. or something i don't yeah. know what of that sorts. thing was of sorts yeah. uh how many stories do you have from maestro suzuki ellis <laughs> Um, uh, I have enough <laughs> that, uh, I'm probably uh, going to refrain from, from well, blowing out. That was know? a one and done. <laughs> that was a one and yeah. done team. Um, yeah. Oh man. And then some of the stories I heard about the man, I don't even know if they're real. Good God. Um, he was a great rider though. He's a really good rider. Um, yeah. Very and, technical. and at that time, you know, he had just came back from Europe yep. and he's very, you know, European and he always had these funny sayings like eight skate and donate and he wanted to play dice all the time. <laughs> he was just he's just a funny guy. Yeah. And and yeah. So so, he, so yeah, so I kinda started yeah. there and um and you know Timmy Tyler. Um, yeah. yeah. Also another Louisiana legend, worked at Pro Circuit for a long time, drives right. for Factory Kawasaki at times. Yep. Um so Timmy was you know, like the truck, the track builder, and he always did construction and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so naturally his little brother raced and I kinda grew up under him um and became friends with timmy and and so i told timmy i'm like hey man you know i, I yeah. really enjoyed doing this and i'd like to see if i can get a job somewhere and i yeah. heard yamaha troy was hiring 
And so at Colorado, I think I went over and I met Dave Osterman, which okay. could have been pretty intimidating. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I just kind of talked with Dave and then eventually, you know, he needed someone. So he hired me and I loaded my pickup truck and I drove straight out to California nice. after the off season that yeah. year. And I've been here ever since. Who'd you work for at Troy? Uh, well, whenever I first started, it was Brett Metcalf. Uh, we did the U S open. I was probably there, you know, a week or two weeks yeah. and, um, and all the other mechanics were on time off. And so I, I worked on the all new aluminum YZ250F. Oh, so I was at Yamaha then We I yeah. was, when I was at with Red Dog. Cause yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know you went back that long. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yep. So I, I was Metcalf's mechanic. We won the U S open that year. Um, new bike, yeah, whatever. It was pretty cool. Right. And then, uh, Brett goes away to Australia on holiday. And at that stage we had started testing supercross and, you know, Dave was like, Hey, we're not going to assign a mechanic to any riders. You know, we're going to naturally let it happen. Whoever likes each other can just kind of, you know, figure it out. Was and, this, a, uh, and this was a 45 minute conversation, I'm sure with Dave knowing Dave. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, in that stage, you know, Andrew McFarlane was testing Supercross, and they had asked if I could be his mechanic because mm -hmm. he didn't know who it was going to be, and we'd been working together and worked well. So, so I ended up being his mechanic that year. Oh, cool! Yeah, nice guy. Andrew was a, yeah. was a really nice guy. Great guy, yeah. great wife. Yeah. I mean, just just a tragedy of the fact of what happened. Absolutely. So you're really you, you're from Louisiana. Like, yeah, the, the bug has bitten you. You're you want to be a mechanic, but that's it, right? Like you just loved it, just like me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Could couldn't couldn't imagine doing anything else. Was, I mean, all I wanted to do. Was Phil around then? Still? Factory Phil? No, no Alderton. Factory? Alderton. Oh, no, 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 he was gone. He was gone. Okay, all right. Yeah, so so Phil Phil and Iron were were not there anymore and it was just Dave. Yep. And he dealt with and Frenchie. Was it Scott? Frenchie's Frenchie's motor guy at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frenchie's motor guy. Right. Um, yeah, he he was also great to work with, and um, you know he had some really funny French Canadian <laughs> things he would say. Yeah, and his outlook on some things were awesome. Right, but yeah, so okay. yeah, it was me, Bernsey, Dang. And Jared Coles, oh, yeah. mechanics that year. Oh, cool. So everybody's kind of around and doing stuff. So. Right, right. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, and then uh, where do you go from there? So from there, um, the Yamaha thing was kind of falling apart. Yeah. I feel like it was going to happen. Um, so I networked my way into having a meeting with KTM, and Kurt Nicole gave me a two-year deal. So I left Yamaha Troy, living oh, in cool. Valencia. You got a two-year deal down. as a mechanic, bro. Congratulations. Like, <laughs> I think, yeah. that's awesome. That doesn't happen. Yeah. 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 So then I, I moved down to Marietta and kind of, you know, still here now. So yeah. that, that's where, where I ended up moving to. But yeah, so, so that, that kind of transpires to go there. Um, I worked for Michael Lessie the first year and then that didn't ultimately pan out between Tony and I. <laughs> um, I'm, um, I'm shocked. As if you could imagine. Yeah. Um, was this Mike on a story, was this Mike on a 350? Mike on a 250? Mike on a 450? What was this era? So this is the first time around Mike there, um, and he was on a KTM 250. So we were riding Supercross on a 250 and then 450 outdoors. And kind of the, as the story goes, you know, Dean Baker's my boss. Yep. And you know Dean. Yeah. Um, Horse, Dean the like, horsepower maker. Baker. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy again. And, um, yeah. So Dean's like, Hey, you work for, you know, you work for me, you work for KTM, you don't work for Tony. Yep. And, you know, yep. I had a couple of those things happen yeah, and ultimately yeah. kind of got me off the case there. But, um, but 
the cool thing is, is then here comes Nick Way. <laughs> All right? Yeah. So I made him sign a document at Paris at the time. It wasn't State Fair, but he was so happy with the bike. And we started from stock stuff and then tested all the factory stuff. And you know how, how Wait, okay. So <laughs> what was Nick doing at this point? KTM 450. Oh, okay. What do you mean you made yeah. him sign a document? <laughs> well, because it was me and RL, and we were just giving him a hard time about how much he loves to change stuff. Oh, okay. All right. Nice. <laughs> so I'm nice. like, hey, you're going to sign right here that when we get started racing, you're not going to make all these changes. Oh, you're not my God. Go I love it. To a fatter needle, and you're not right. going to go up on the pilot jet. You're not going to. All these I should have and I should have done made him sign a document in O two a hundred percent I should have made him sign a document in O two Why didn't I think about this? You know who I did a podcast with yesterday, and I don't know if you're coming out before him or whatever. I did one with Christian Kibbe yesterday, and and okay. he worked for Nick at Mach one, and uh, and so we just you know we just commiserated on our Nick Way story. So now it's funny that I got another Nick Way guy on the line today. But uh, yeah, well, so you, well, there's a lot of great Nick Way. Stories. Oh, there's amazing. Um, what a guy. So yeah. yeah, he did pretty well on that on that thing. Yeah, and yep. and and he'll probably give me a hard time about this, but we um we did struggle in Supercross with KTM 450. It was a bit heavy, mm -hmm. and it was fast. You know, Dean was doing the engines, and it was fast. Um, but it wasn't until we turned back up to X Games whenever Justin Brayton showed up because he was mdk ktm mm. and we were you know factory yeah, ktm yep. and then i remember we we left the detroit supercross nick's hometown race um he was just not pumped with the bike or how things were going and it was just kind of a you know pretty sad race and then um we get back and then all of a sudden jb's fast because we flew right into san diego for x games yeah and then it did help the rest of our season to see somebody else on the bike <laughs> To, to be doing well and going fast yeah. and then it did it did enlighten the mood for the rest of the year so so yeah and a lot of these factory guys always want to have at least two guys you know yeah yeah that way you know everybody's on the same equipment and right you, know, you can kind of gauge the other one um along the way so whether it's frenchy whether it's dean whether it's Layton, i don't know if Layton's around then uh ktm are you you're kind of are you are you trending towards learning and asking these guys questions about motors is that where kind of the 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 start of your of twisted becomes where you're like you're more engaged about that kind of stuff well um a i'll tell you yes dean baker um working with dean i was younger mm -hmm. and you know we had a machine shop and we had you know an engine room we had all this stuff and and whether we, I'd be modifying stuff for somebody's pit bike or whatever on yeah. the mill, um, or, or or tackling welding or whatever it is, Dean was always the one who was like, "Well, have you tried? Well, then just do it." You know, like yeah, he yeah. was very. You've worked with him, haven't you? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So he he's just kind of like that, like, and and I'd say that that did help me through some times where you know now all of a sudden you're the crew chief of a team and you're the guy that all the mechanics are coming to. You know, you just get put in these situations where you have to figure it out. You're and, right. You know, you, you shouldn't do the wrong thing, so you just try to figure out the process to make it work and design something that can or whatever. So, Interesting. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not that, you know, I'm, I'm calling them for advice anymore, but definitely having been mentored by right. some guys at the time does leave a, a lasting impression. Yeah, for me, like Red Dog got hurt, and then I, somehow I got put in charge of Supermoto uh, uh, development because of Burkhart and Henry, right? And and then Nick was – or Nick, Timmy was hurt. 
Bob Oliver is like, hey, take all these pistons and these exhausts and these carburetors and go dyno them. And I'm like, okay. And, and so he – and I started being like learning, and I'm like, this is so cool. Oh, look, hey, this compression does this on the motor, and this this carburetor does this. And, you know, kind of developed from there where, where Bob uh, – Uncle Bob was really a, a guy that got me into it, and, and I enjoyed just not bolting a bike together anymore, right? I enjoyed learning and seeing – Hey, uh, uh, I, I I dynoed this cam and this piston, and then on Thursday Reed rode with it, and he said this, and that matches the dyno. You know, I was just into that. It got really cool. So I I, I have exactly the same story. I got off the Alessi program, and it was just Leighton and I, and Dean had already left, I think, to go to JGR. Mm-hmm. His his tenure at KTM wasn't that long, and then. Um, yeah, so so I, I'm the guy who's building test bikes. I, I built Kevin Wyndham a KTM to ride. I don't know if that still should be a secret. Yeah, but, no, uh, it doesn't matter but, anymore, I don't think. But that but was yeah, cool. Right. Um, you know, real cool for me, being a Louisiana kid, yeah. getting to go Kate up a bike. I mean, I think I stayed up all night working on this <laughs> thing. It was beautiful. Right. But um, but regardless, um, with, with that being said, you know, we had motocross in nations in 2008, I think at Bud's Creek. And so I got to prepare the jetting for all the stock bikes for their gas and, um, you know, built like, so with that being said, that was my first access to dynoing anything. So I kind of yeah. got let loose and then I did a ton of carburetor research. So the carburetor research is 100% understanding a carburetor has helped me in my life of fuel injection. Yeah. So I think that the kids that never have access to a carburetor or, or to slides or needles or all of yeah. these things, you know, they're they're not gonna be able to get as far along without understanding obviously where we came from. So yeah. So I I have the exact same story as you do with had an opportunity, started messing with it, super fun. And then, yeah, what, having a good group of guys around you always helps. Bro, what about the accelerator pump and the diaphragm and the cough and burping uh, on on-offs and stuff? And, and, oh, my God, wiring it together, checking out the gap between them. Oh, I got nightmares of that stuff. <laughs> Early four-stroke <Yeah>. days. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and spraying the injectors. Yeah, yeah. So that, not the injectors, the, the leak jets. You know how long they spray for. Yep, and, oh. yep. Oh God! Yeah. Right, it's just the list a, goes on. Right, it was, it was such a gnarly time to because these guys on supercrosses. I mean, we, we were having accidents. You know, bikes were cutting out and uh, guys were crashing, and it was not good uh, on a, on a factory level. You know, so well, and and you were there at the carburetor popping off. Oh days. yeah, oh yeah. They, I mean, remember the little wire tether we had to do? <laughs> yeah, keep absolutely. Those suckers on. <laughs> hey, I remember one time it wasn't. It showed up in the in a magazine or on the internet. The wires did, and that's not a good PR move. And then uh, the next week, we got a brand new boot from Japan, uh, put this on, uh, take the tethers off and put this boot on, and the carburetor will never come off the bike again. And literally the next race, Chad's carburetor comes off, off the leap. He lands short on the leap. Carburetor comes off. And it's like, put the tethers back on. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. like it was just such a nightmare. So, uh, Oh, you, you remember the oil pipes breaking, too. Oil pipes? No, I don't think so. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't have that. The two fifty Fs. No. The old, the old oil pipes. The little Y, the little Y uh, oil pipe thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah those were a pain. Uh, I don't think those. Were... Like, and then you'd always see stuff that Rinaldi was doing that would make these little tethers yeah. and stuff. And... Yeah, yeah. We tested a Rinaldi motor once. It was, uh, it was really fast, but it came on like a vacuum cleaner. Nobody liked it. It was uh, like super smooth. Just... Big, big top end. Right, right. Just like Chad and all the Supercross guys who race Supercross are like, where's the hit? You know, and it's like, yeah, no, they don't care about hit. They just want to ride for thirty minutes. So, um, anyways, um, interesting times. Yeah, so that that's that's pretty cool for you. Um, and then you go to Rockstar from there. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, um, you know, I'm at KTM still 2008. Uh, MDK KTM is, is external uh, going into 2009. And this is before the Roger and Ian takeover and all that. And so it was, I actually built a bike for Mike Brown. And then um, I'm like, so I'm, I'm, we're supercross engine, not engine, but supercross mechanics are down this row. And then there's another mm-hmm. side of the row where the off-road mechanics are. And, and so now I'm it's still in my same bay, but now I'm building an off, this off-road bike. And it's like every cool titanium, everything we had, you know, didn't go on this bike anymore. Yeah, yeah. And everything that was steel and beefy aluminum skid plates and yeah. bash guards and you name it. And I went to put it on the stand and like, I really had to lean it on my <laughs> leg to get it up there. And then I'm just like, yeah, this, this isn't for me. So, yeah. um, so that, that was, I think going into one of the last two nationals or whatever. So I ended yeah. up chatting with Bill Keefe a little bit at Canada, well, before Canada Kawasaki, I think it was Motorsport Kawasaki. Yep. yep. And um, and so Bill gave me an opportunity to work with Bobby Hewitt and those guys to be Canada Kawasaki. So, so I kind of wanted to stay in Supercross as yeah. what I love. Yep. And, and KTM had said, how, and KTM had said, you, hey, you're going to be an off-road guy, or you just saw the future coming when they were giving you stuff to do an off-road side. Well, well, I mean, Kurt Nicole's a great guy, and he yeah. was my boss, and Casey Lytle was right under him, and and they they were just very forward and honest. They're like, hey, you know, we're outsourcing everything, so yeah. we could probably get you on an MDK KTM, but more than likely, you know, those guys are probably full. They're going to be running the program. It'll be different. Yep. And um and yeah, so the, I just didn't really, I, I just yeah, wanted yeah. to be in Supercross, you know. Yep. So yeah, I, I was offered the position to be Mike Brown's mechanic, and which was flattering because they didn't, you know, turf me or get rid of me. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so I kind of went that direction just to, just to stay in, stay in the scene where I wanted to be and and what I wanted to do. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, so Bobby Hewitt is, uh, the owner of the team, uh, Cannon Day and, uh, Bill Keefe's the manager. So kind of worked out nicely. Yeah. And, and, and Bill, Bill Keefe was great to work for too. I don't know if you ever did much with him, but he was pretty gnarly. Yep. Uh, I mean, not as, as gnarly as Dave Osterman, but (laughs) you know, he, he was a good guy and. And definitely had a, a but, very professional mindset and laid a lot of platform work right. the, for for that team to grow into what it went into. So. The thing with Dave is that, yeah, he was gnarly, but he also worked as hard as you did, right? So you kind of had respect for him, from what I from what I know, people who work for Dave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if if Dave was in the shower scratching his balls, he was thinking about the team. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was absolutely thinking about how to make the team better. There's There's no question in anybody's mind about Dave Osterman's commitment to whatever it is he's doing, whether it's building a wheel cart or cleaning his van or whatever he's doing, he does everything full fledged. And that's once again, you know, I'm lucky to work on under him because I I learned so much. I think Chad loved it, right? He worked for Tutu and Chad just loved it because that was exactly the kind of guy he wanted. And and it worked out really well. So, um, so you're, you're over at the team goes to rockstar, uh, uh, Suzuki first and are you a mechanic or are you uh more motor stuff so I'm I'm a mechanic um and 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 my path is a little different because I was actually a mechanic for Hunter Hewitt oh, okay um so we we were like in a corner of the shop there not mm-hmm. you know full-fledged right uh rock star Suzuki 
and um, and I was working with Mitch. We were I was able to build my own engines, and then um, yeah, so so it kind of turned out. Long story short, that our engines from the corner of the shop were better than what we were ha- getting from Factory Suzuki at the time, and so that just kind of led a whole development path and all kinds of stuff to, to mm. head down the road and, and keep, you know, keep progressing. Right. Um, you remember a young Jason Anderson getting benched for a couple of races. That was pretty crazy. That's a pretty uh, big move for, for Bobby to do. And it worked out, man. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, you didn't like, yeah. I honestly think maybe more people should look at that stuff for these struggling kids that we have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was a huge move. Obviously, you know, Dave Gowan was our, our manager and yeah, he, um, I, I can't say that he knew it was the right thing, but he's, he, he did know it was the right thing. And ultimately, it probably changed the course of Jason's yeah. career in the sport. You know, um, it was pretty crazy because, you know, RL was our team trainer at the time. And it, he just, you know, he wasn't he wasn't going fast the whole time and he right. couldn't do it. And we didn't know why. And and um, yeah, so that that single handedly deal could have. For dramatically sure. helped Jason. Yeah, you know, I, I think it was a uh, an interesting thing. I mean, Anderson wasn't he a Horizon Award winner in his last year, right? Like, I think it was. Anyways, he was yeah. damn near, uh, you know, really fast and up and coming kid. And then, yeah, the team t- said, "Hey, man, you're just not doing it. You're not racing." And 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 so good for Jason for, you know, turning it around and recognizing it. So yeah, I mean, coming out of Loretta's, like you said, Horizon Award, he he'd be at the shop to meet with us. And whatever, and he'd show us his phone, and it was just Mitch Payton calling nonstop. <laughs> and, and he's kind of like he looked at Bobby, and he's like, "Hey, we we need to finish something here." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and showed him the phone. <laughs> so yeah, Jason was yeah. definitely on on everybody's radar as far as you know, a hot up and comer. So the the work with Hunter and Mitch and building the motor kind of led you into the crew chief role, motor guy there. Well, yeah. So yeah. Um, the the guy who was building the engines there. I was taking a different route. He ended up going to back east to JGR. And so it left uh, a hole open where I still technically was just kind of helping with whatever with Hunter and doing mm-hmm. whatever Hunter needed. And we had a show hauler and we were separate and we were doing our thing. And um, I think Hunter got sixth. That Supercross series was his best result. So it means like, it wasn't like he was bad. He was a good rider. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so whenever he decided he was leaving, it just opened the door obviously for an opportunity for someone to build the engine. So I just kind of took over that season in, I want to say it was 2011. So 2012 was the first year that starting, we weren't using factory equipment and all that and kind of went down that road. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a Suzuki saying, Hey, like we, we don't have the resources. We're not, we don't, is that, was that kind of Suzuki starting of Suzuki pulling back a little bit? You know, you never really know on that side of it. I just, right. Our deal. So, so at the end of that year comes Dave Gowan, mm-hmm. and um, and you know he had, he had had enough Hortons and was ready to come to Southern California. And um, with that being said, he was just you know he he was also awesome too. So like I remember whenever I first walked into the building and I seen him sitting in the conference area. And I'd always seen his, you know, his mug at Thor mm-hmm. and he was always around and I'm like, okay, I see what's going on. Yeah. And then, um, and then I turned out to love the guy, <laughs> you know, so, so yeah. I didn't really know where it was going and he had a different thought process, but he's, he's also a wolf pack mentality guy like Larry too. He's really good to the people. Yeah. He's good too. 
Yeah, and I'm out of the wolf pack now. Dave's Canadian, and we got along really well, but then I made fun of Monster a bunch on my shows, and now I'm out of the wolf pack with Dave. And, well, uh, maybe yeah. you didn't even catch my Hortons joke. You could share some Hortons with him. Yeah, good point. Yeah, 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 absolutely, right? Um, yeah. I, the problem is I don't really like Hortons. I, 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 my, my, Canadian, my countrymen will probably uh, tar and feather me, but yeah. Not, not. America washed. Yeah, really, right? Um, totally. <laughs> um, so, okay, uh, what year is Millsaps leading the series? Is that that year or the next year? So, so 2012 all year we had Jason Anderson – um, Blake Wharton. I can't remember everybody that was there, but anyway, so so we did good that year on our own. We were just a lights program, and Dave, you know, the invention of Dave Gallon mm-hmm. it goes back to racing. He had a cush job at Thor; he was happy there. Yeah, but he, you know, him and his buddy Bobby were going to go racing together. Um, and so so all of 2012, we had a really good season. I think you know Jason won his first race that year, maybe um salt lake or something he went over a triple and threw his liat brace off <laughs> like it was pretty dramatic and then and then went on to win and you know we had countless hole shots on the little yellow bike and i remember that um we are at the time our shop was next to star which was a 450 program remember they bernsey was there and, yeah yeah um was it was that the star uh 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 the what the hell the high the hybrid the merging lanza right 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 yep. right yeah, so so they were next door, and and they were even making the joke that like, oh, this Dino's running all the time. He's never going to get anything out of those Azukis, and that was kind of the thing. Right. Uh, but then that next year, we were up front, hole shotting and winning races and podium, and and so basically that kind of I guess caught the right timing of Millsaps being done with East Coast and JGR, and right. And so so Dave brought him over, and and yeah, he was King Kong of the world for those those. Dude. You know, first 16 races, it was insane. Crushed it. Remember, the Kennard-Millsaps battle A1 still blows my mind. Like, first of all, what's going on? It's Kennard and Millsaps battling for the lead, and second of all, it was a great race, you know? Yep. Right. Yep. And and that was, like, the first acknowledgement that I finally got back from Tony Alessi. He's like, your guy's going to win tonight. Oh, you wow. Know, he's really yeah. sharp. And I'm like, uh, I'm just in my zone or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and I'm just going to keep walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the sucker is right, man. He just went out and he won and it was crazy. Um, right. And yeah. So, so he, he. That was awesome for you and the team and everything. And of course, Millsaps, he knows everything. Millsaps knows everything about everything. So you're probably battling with him all year long. About it, about stuff, <laughs> you know. Davy, I like Davy; he's awesome. But yeah, you know, yeah, that's the way he is. So, yeah, uh, uh, that so that really that had to have been awesome for you. You're like, man, look at this, look at this stuff. Like you said, you you found the flywheel. You know, you're 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 working on the motor. You're 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 sourcing out stuff, and and this dude's winning supercosses. Yeah, there's there's not really a better feeling than that, and and the factory teams experience it as well. It's not just that we were a privateer team beating the factories. That wasn't what it was. It yeah. was just to be married up with the right guy at the right mm-hmm. time who is doing his thing and you're supporting him. And, and yeah, so, like, I always appreciated the riders who would take a a really, like, a mentality of I, I want to meet after every main event. I want this. I want that. Mm-hmm. And I love to be challenged with with that type of stuff. So my relationship with Davey was, hey, he's, you know, he's like, ah, I really want this. Right. And I always thought it was super fun, right. and then I'd have to go back into obviously doing something within our wheelhouse of what we could afford, what we could yeah, pull yeah. off, and, yeah. and it was just really cool because every right. time after every main event we had a meeting, and that meeting did the direction for the week, and it kind of kept me working on really cool stuff mm-hmm. that I 
liked. And then ultimately the guy would go out and win. So that was even better. Yeah. And Bobby's reaching into his pockets probably to get you what you need. You know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and and probably further than he should have. Mm-hmm. Um, right. There 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 was a pretty serious meeting and I'm gonna blow this out too, but um that if if Davey ended up winning the championship, we were gonna have to figure out how to pay him. <laughs> I think I think it still was a little contentious on how to pay him for his bonuses anyways. But, no, no, yeah. no, no. Bob, Bobby's a stand up. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be worried about him. I, I know that he probably had to scrounge around and maybe I, I think he did. Yeah, reach into some of his deeper pockets, right. to find the to find the hundreds. But um, but yeah, no. So to to my knowledge, Davey's all paid in full. Yeah, no, I, I think really he is. But I think that. at the time it was a little like even though he didn't win the title, I think at the time it was like holy shit, we owe this guy so much money. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, because you know he'd been second in the championship before, yeah. so obviously. You know, it was like, hey, yeah, let's get this racehorse and mm-hmm. take him racing and, and probably insure him for second back. Right. And whenever he's leading all the way through, I mean, <laughs> I, I, at the time, Kelso would have figured out, you know, pulling yeah. the money from Rockstar. But yeah. but it was it was a serious deal where, you know, you never know how good you're going to do. And then right. everything just kind of came together. And it was like, oh, here we go. Who who was a great tester for you? Was it I, I can see Davey being a great tester uh, by that point in his career, not in the Honda days, but at that point. Uh, who or was there a couple of riders that stood out for you that are amazing uh, to tell you what the bike's doing and what they want? So America's favorite hillbilly, Ryan Sipes. Oh yeah. Um, I chose him to do all of the engine 250F testing with. Uh huh. He just had a good feeling. Um, he he just kind of had a good way of telling you. Like, hey, you know, let's do this. Um, and genuinely, Ryan is a really good mechanic as well, even though he probably doesn't want to be. But he's just, you know, I mean, he could work on farm equipment, yeah. you name yep. it. And so, so he monster was an asset trucks to with us. Poo. Him and Pooh working on monster trucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'd get into just about anything. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I chose Ryan a lot. And then Davey was, was extremely good because mm-hmm. he knew exactly what he wanted. And and that was cool. Um, so I'd, I'd probably say that the highlighting those two guys. Sure. Were, and then obviously Chris Kiefer, yeah, on another level. Yeah, I mean, he's good. The dude knows what he's doing. I hate to give him credit, but he does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've heard from yeah. uh, like Trey Kennard. They worked on the twenty twenty one Honda stuff, right? And uh, and Trey's like, man, he's really good. He's really smart. He knows what he's you know, knows what he's talking about, right? And I've heard it from a few people in the industry where they're like, yeah, we made this change. Brayton, Brayton used them for some stuff before Supercross. Like they were, he was doing some some stuff. So yeah, uh, really, really good. So imagine that, Chris Kiefer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really just hearing whatever a rider may say, mm-hmm. and then interpreting that to give them what they want versus what they're saying, right? Because they don't always know how to say it. So you really have to just decode. Whatever it is they're asking for, and try to figure out whatever it may mean. Mm-hmm. Um, after we finish EFI four strokes, it's really hard to have like a, a big hit. Yeah, I mean, you remember whenever the first four strokes came out with fuel injection, it was they were smoother, they were easier to ride. Well, that's only gotten way better. Yeah. Since then, yeah. And we almost have to create holes in the mapping for these customers that want to hit. Um, and that's that's something that still blows my mind, but we still have to listen to what they're saying and mm-hmm. try to figure out how to do it. Uh, they just become so smooth and easy to ride that yeah. they don't really have a, a pungent punch, you know, like a lag hit. Yeah, I rode I rode RV's factory bike for at Paris there, and I, I ride a Yamaha all the time. And I was telling those guys, I'm like, this thing has all the power you want, but you can ride it. it, it it's to- like it's almost like they. 
between the piston and the cam and the crank, they they gave you 65 horsepower, and then the electronics brought it back down. You know what yep. I mean to make it rideable. That that's what I felt like to, on that bike. Where yeah, and that and that's more of a 450 goal yeah. is to to have all the power in the thing and then tune it back to electronics. That way, the minute that the guy or gal gets comfortable riding it, and then you can just tune back into it. So with yeah. Davies 450s, we had that. And it w- there's only one race, so we built this one engine that was just insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, t- I, I walk, you know, one of those like you walk out of the downer room, and you're strutting <laughs> heavy, and you're just like, oh yeah, here yeah. we go, yeah. and you're just excited. And uh, so we built one engine that was that way, and um, like the challenge, you know, D- Davy's about a challenge, right? right. And I, I loved his challenges, but it was that. Uh, you'll never make a bike that's too fast okay yeah yeah. and and so i took that that's that's how it went to the beginning of the season and so i at some point i did win and he says that bike is too fast (laughs) um and then we went on to use that engine at salt lake city which i think was the best race of the year between dungy davy and uh, and villapoto that year it was just like they had a freight train of awesome and they were just battling and it was was you're right that was great yeah we built i built a supermoto motor that had oversized valves high high lift cam over a two millimeter oversized carburetor and it was supermoto and but we're like hey let's try it let's let's give it to these idiots on the moto side and see what they can do and yeah they they each rode it for 10 minutes each at Cahia, and they're like, yeah, no, 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 no. And we're like, okay, we figured so, but we want to let you try this, you know? And they were like, it's not going right. to work. Not Who was working. there at that time? That was Reed, Villeman, and Ferry. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Dream Team. Yeah, yeah, so that was... Yeah, you'd have been loving that, huh? Yeah, it was fun, but no one wanted to ride it. It was it was carburetor days again, and it was just so fast, right? But it was for Supermoto. We developed it for Burkhart and Henry, so... But yeah. uh, fun times. That's awesome. Um, so you mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, and we'll wrap it up here on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. You mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that team switches to KTM. Uh, you they start telling you a little bit more. They want more control over the motor stuff. I guess. Yeah. So the yeah. Um, the the idea of going into the KTM deal, and and Davey was the one who got to pick the direction because we had tested. Davey had had his knee fixed, right? Yeah, he missed outdoors, right? Yeah, he missed outdoors, right? And then, um, and then he—he's a loud voice, and you know he had just done so well. You got to listen to what he says. And Carlos is at KTM, and Carlos is Davey's longtime mechanic. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we we did test with Yamaha, and the team could have went that way. Um, and the Yamaha bike at that point was great. They brought a KYB guy out. He had different material, you know, forks that are thicker, thinner, like all this stuff. Like they were great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dino Dan was there and everybody was just super friendly and awesome. And, and we would have kind of been more of the star racing route. Had we went that way yep. where we still built our own engines and still did our own stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was what I was pushing for because obviously I didn't want to not have a job. Yeah. And then, um, Carlos and Davey, you know, it was just so easy to go that direction because, you know, Carlos is like everybody's dad. I think he's yeah. one of the best mechanics in the industry and he, yep. he coddles his guys and he's funny. And yeah, so, I mean, you want to be around that guy. And um, and so it, ultimately we just went the KTM route, which kind of shut down all development and everything where it was all just, you know, factory services, engines and yep. electronics and everything else. So. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, that, yeah. that, you know, the writing was on the wall that unless I was going to go work there, um, 
you know, I, I really wasn't really needed right, at that right. stage. So and, I, I kind of just managed the program for that season, and then we went different directions. So did you get, I don't want to say busted is the wrong word, but did you get your hand slapped a little bit because you're like, oh, we tried this stuff? Or we, or, or what did you kind of stick to, yep, we're bolting motor in, and you guys are, and here's the motor to service, and we'll see you next week? Uh, I, I probably crossed some lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I probably crossed some lines. We still had a dyno and yeah, yeah. obviously all of our old dyno results and everything else. So, I mean, everything we were doing, yep. um, you know, and, and, and it's just like for me now mapping a stock ECU from KTM, um, you can get in there and do some stuff and the way it comes isn't the way it has to be. And the yeah. factory ECUs at the time were that way and they knew we were doing it, but every time they would change the base map, all of the work that I had put in had changed. So then I was having to request a certain map file, which is like, why do you want that one? We have a better one. I'm like, ah, because I've already done all the work yeah. to get better. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I still obviously didn't want to die inside right. as a developer. Um, but it just probably wasn't as well received as you yeah. know, as I would have liked. I'll tell you what, I know some guys that have gone through the program, not so much on the factory team, but with the uh with the Rocky Mountain guys, and uh I'm shocked at, you know, kinda the rules they gotta follow and even the way they talk to people is kinda scrutinized. Where I'm like, is this a cult over here at KTM or uh, what are we doing over here? Because, you know, the race teams generally speaking are pretty loosey goosey and you know, we're all not curing cancer, right? And I hear some of the stuff about the way KTM wants the teams to operate, and I'm like, wow, I would never, I, I would not fit in over here. So, but hey, it works. They're, they're getting results. But yeah, for me, I'm a little bit like you guys are too strict on everything for me. So, well, I, I think that obviously, you know, we're a small company, uh, but every year we get more policies. Mm-hmm. if that makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah you know right, so sure. so whenever you go to work for a corporation yeah it's like you know oh you can't do this you can't do that and you know you got to do this and well with all that being said somebody in the company at some point ruined something for everyone <laughs> yeah, really right. um so i i view the corporation and and um you know the massive company that ktm is and they're yep. growing and they're growing yep. so fast and all that so at some point you do have to wrap in control and make sure that you know, the, the, the brand that you're building is protected. So, so I, I think that there's probably a couple different ways to look at that scenario, mm-hmm. um, from, from your perspective, perspective, yes. But then also too, like who did spill the beans and get somebody in trouble and they were using not a sponsor product yeah, and yeah. now, you know, it's like, so yeah, so everybody, eventually we do it to ourselves. I mean, there's a reason why robots are so popular. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. You're, you're right. Um, you're doing a great job at Twisted Development for sure. Uh, have you have you been approached uh, by some teams and been like, "Hey, man, we want you to come back and be the motor guy"? Um, have you has, it, has that happened yet? And it it might here soon, but so it, it's happened once to a team that that didn't work out. Okay, um, uh, one of the factories had offered me a position to come back, and it was going to be pay and right. You know, like pretty much, you know, you don't got to deal with anything right. other than just doing what I love. Um, you don't got to deal with an angry mini dad calling you at at nine o'clock at night or whatever. But yeah. but but also too, unfortunately, I didn't go that road. Um, with owning a business, obviously sucks at times, uh, and it's obviously great at times. So whenever you can just go to work every day and you don't, you can tune out, you know, financial or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And you don't have any stress. There's something to be said for that. 
Um, I think I'm more on the entrepreneur side of, of, of loving that feeling that if I work hard, I can make a difference and make a financial difference and, you know, all of these things. Um, I don't know what I would become if I lost that connection to my life and also to the freedom of raising my kids. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like I know better, but my son is racing motocross now at seven years old. So I put it off for as long as I could. And then. You know, I want him to do KJSC next year. And Nick's got, and so bike, now, Nick's got bikes and parts for you and a lot of advice. Go hit him up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I know better, but I'm still doing it yeah. because I love it so much. And, and I, I'll definitely always have to have that connection to riding because mm-hmm. I don't really love working on motorcycles as much whenever I don't ride them. Right. Um, so I think that that is one of the things, like if we're testing ECUs or whatever, I want to get out there and ride right, and, right. and feel what it, what difference it makes and have that customer interaction to tell them. And yeah. So, so it is pretty cool, but yeah, I mean, I know better, but I'm still doing it. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, you're doing a great job, man. Uh, really, really, like I said, I, I saw March Banks, the, the first four motos and I knew you did his motors and I'm like, I got to call this guy up because it, it, you're doing you're doing you're doing good stuff. I know that from all of our mutual friends as well. So um, thank you for the time on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Um, again, td-racing.com. Jamie Ellis, Twisted Development. Um, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for the time and the walk down memory lane. Yeah, no, awesome. I I couldn't be happier to be on the show and look forward to to obviously hearing the future shows. I'm an avid listener as well. So, so oh, yeah, cool. It's cool, awesome. Well, thanks for the time again. Good luck with everything, and uh, and I'm sure we'll see each other in the pits. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like being a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. 
Micro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Right, as the day-